You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of our OKC82 podcast. I am Madison Morris alongside Brady Trantham, who is somewhat healed from his cold. How are you feeling, Brady? I feel fine. I'm here. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I did not feel like... I mean, I'm, I'm good enough to be here. I'm not contagious, so don't worry about that. Good, um, good. <clears throat> But if I keep coughing, I'll be sure to get away from the mic. So. <laughs> Just, uh, there we go. Yes. All right, so the Oklahoma City Thunder pick up another win tonight, 128-103 over the New York Knicks. That makes Oklahoma City 9-5 and in the season. The Knicks pick up an 11th loss of the season. They're 2-6 and away, and the Oklahoma City Thunder are now 6-2 and on their home court. Uh, a lot of good things about tonight, a lot of good offense, a lot of good shooting, some not so well, but this overall was a pretty good game for the Thunder. Brady, kind of, what were your thoughts on this win and what it took for the Thunder to really pull this one out? It was just a lot of what the Thunder have been building upon all season, I thought. Just good defense, uh, forcing turnovers. At, and moving the ball, which has been quite the sight for you know Thunder fans that have followed this team since you know the Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook days, where the ball pretty much just got stuck in one of those three guys' hands over the years. Um, just a lot of great passing. You know, there were like that behind the back bounce pass from Paul George to Stephen Adams that resulted in a dunk. Uh, that fast oh, break, cool. yeah, the fast break um, behind the back pass uh, from Schroeder to um, was it Jeremy Grant, I believe. No, 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 no. It was might have been back to Stephen Adams. I can't remember, but mm. just a lot of behind the back passing. <laughs> a lot of fancy stuff. Yeah, a lot of fancy stuff. You're getting fancy uh, on us. The Thunder, you know, they're having fun, and it's is something. It's very noticeable. Um, this team has had its struggles in the past um, with consistency, and it seems like you know, even though that the schedule has been set up for the Thunder to win a, a lot of games, and that's certainly what they've been able to do. Um, they're having fun in. In their success, which you don't really rem- there's not a lot of times I can recall the, the Thunder having a lot of fun visibly mm-hmm. on the floor um, last season, uh, but tonight it was really um, it was a really exciting game for the Thunder. Um, kind of sloppy in the middle part, but uh, they were able to get on a run mid um, early on in their midway in the third quarter and kind of took control from there. But um, Fifth game without Russell Westbrook. They've only lost one game without him. Uh, that being Saturday night against Dallas. A lot of a lot of great positives, but it's it's just a lot of what we've been seeing from this team um, early on in the year. Yeah, absolutely. And the Thunder were able to outscore the Knicks thirty-seven to twenty-two in the first quarter. They went to the locker room at halftime sixty-five to forty-nine. Kind of like what you were saying, Brady. They're having a lot of fun right now, and. Uh, the the question was asked in the locker room to every single player that walked up. How how fun, how much fun are you guys having out there? And kind of what's the energy on the court? And Paul George especially, he was like, yeah, you know, we're just we're having fun, we're enjoying it, we're making good plays. It just boosts the confidence overall to the team. And I think when you're playing a lot of unselfish basketball, you're using your assists, you're getting good rebounds, you're making your shots, and that's, you know, they said in past games, you know, that's going to boost our confidence. That's really what's going to help us to pull out these wins and to have good success on the court and bring good success to the win column for our team. And that's just what they're doing right now. They're really enjoying it, and it's it's fun to watch personally. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, Billy was kind of asked, uh, I believe Eric Horn from the Oklahoman asked um, Billy after the game about uh, what the difference is between this year and last year with the Thunder being able to have a lot of success against the bad teams, which their early part of their schedule is cert- certainly littered with bad teams. Now, they had a bad loss against a team that's probably going to be in the lottery next year in Dallas, but you can kind of chalk that up to they won seven games in a row. They were kind of bound for a, an off night, and that certainly is kind of what happened. Um, but Billy, in about three thousand words, it was a very long. <laughs> it was a very long answer. But a very Billy answer. Yeah. It, it, um, in a three thousand word dissertation, he pretty much said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he pretty much said that this team is just more is just more focused, and they don't take those they don't take those teams f- for granted. And because of the success that they've been been able to build upon from um, the preseason training camp into now. They're able to rely on their defense. They're able to rely on moving the ball and having success that the next guy is going to hit the shot. And when guys like Jeremy Grant, Terrence Ferguson are hitting their shots, Stephen Adams is getting um, um, a lot of opportunities early and hitting shots at a high efficiency rate, that's only going to open up so um, so many more opportunities for guys like Paul George and Dennis Schroeder, the guys that you're going to rely on for the majority of your scoring when Russell Westbrook's out. And if they're hitting their shots too, this, this team is nearly unbeatable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, you can say that about any team whenever your role players are hitting shots and then your stars are hitting shots, but it's been a far cry in terms of consistency for the Thunder in the last two se- two or three years that that's been the case. And it's they're building they're building good habits. Mm-hmm. And I know one of our questions is how, like the nine nine wins out of the last ten games. How much of that is just as a result of the schedule, or is this something that's going to catch up to the Thunder? I mean, it's going to it's going to catch up to the Thunder in that their schedule is going to get tougher as the year goes on, but that doesn't mean that their their record is going to get back up to around 500. I think this team is well on its way to anywhere from 48, 49, 50, maybe even low 50s um, in terms of the win column for the year. Um, but it's going to catch up to them because they will be playing tougher teams, but they're building good habits that they can rely on when they play those better teams. And, you know, <laughs> we we, we kind of laughed at that Utah Jazz, Dallas Mavericks oh, score. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of inconsistent teams out there right now. I mean, the Jazz are kind of up and down. The, the Nuggets started off hot, and they've since lost three or four games. Um, the Rockets are a mess. They're mm-hmm. one game below 500. So if you're the Thunder, the most important thing is do not repeat last year and lose to game lose to teams like the Phoenix Suns. They've already lost to the Sacramento Kings. That's a pretty unforgivable loss in the way that it happened, but they'll get their shot against, uh, against them next week uh, to kind of avenge that. But don't lose to those teams, those type of teams because once the once we get deeper into the year and seeding becomes a little bit more important, you don't want to go back and say, "Oh, we should have we should have beat that one team that one night. We should have done that. We should mm-hmm. have done this. And they're certainly doing things that will keep them from saying that as of right now. Yeah, for sure. And let's look at Paul George right now having a season high of 35 points, shot 13 of 22 from the field, 5 of 11 from three-point, was perfect at the free-throw line. Paul is just having a couple of good nights right now, and he's just lighting up these opposing defenses. And I, I don't know. I feel like that energy is just radiating to the other players because like we were talking about earlier, these guys are having fun right now and Paul's having a lot of fun. And there were a couple of times he had some massive dunks and he kind of just looked around like he was super surprised he was able to get that. But I think he is just having a good time and enjoying some of those dunks. And someone in the locker room tonight, I forgot who it was, 
asked it. I think it was Nick. Nick Gallo asked, you know, what's going to go in through your head when you get those incredible dunks and you just have people on their feet cheering for you? And he is just like, man, you know, that's, you know, I don't even know what's going through my head right now. It's just an, an elation because it's just a really cool play that you're able to make. And then you come down and you kind of just look around and it just changes the entire tone of the game. And so Paul was able to get 35 points in 29 minutes. You know, Paul just had a great night, and he's got, had a couple of those recently. Yeah, and he's he's streaky throughout his career in terms of his shooting, mm-hmm. and certainly over his short tenure with the Thunder, he's shown tendencies to have a week or two of some in, some bad shooting nights, and then turn right around and just be the you know the, the superstar that everybody knows him to be. Um, certainly, I, what was it? He was. He had 32 points or so on Monday night and a better efficiency from the floor than he did tonight. But mm-hmm. tonight, I mean, when the game really mattered, I mean, the, the Knicks got it down to um, 71-59, um, about the 9:20 mark, and I luckily I made a little uh, timestamp of it. And then from there, the Thunder went on a 17-2 run, and Paul and a lot of that was due to Paul George hitting shots and playing some really good defense. And I think at the time he was about uh, 13 of 22. Um, mm-hmm. What did he finish for the for thirteen the, of twenty two from no, the field? No, no, no. He he finished thirteen of twenty two. He was mm-hmm. thirteen of nineteen. Um, after the Knicks finally hit a shot, and then called timeout about four or five minutes later. So basically, when the game was relatively in doubt, Paul George was sensational from the floor. And then I think he had two shots at the end of into that quarter, and then he heaved up a, a like a potential buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. You know, he added three shots and kind of. I was <laughs> I always kind of. Laugh at player, um, laugh when players um, throw up some shots like that because I'm like, dude, you're just ruining your efficiency. <laughs> Jeremy Grant did it tonight a, f- a few times. Uh, Terrence Ferguson did it uh, um, last week when he had that really big game where he had um, he jacked up like three or four shots in the fourth quarter after he only missed two shots before that when the game was pretty much in doubt. So um, yeah, Paul is just he's playing like the superstar that we all know him to be. And that's what you need to see when your leader and your other superstar, Russell Westbrook, is out. Um, But I I think Paul George is slowly reminding everybody in in kind of the wake of, like, you know, Jimmy Butler's been in the news a lot, and everybody knows how talented he is, especially as a two-way player. Kawhi Leonard, you know, really started off hot this this year with Toronto, and everybody knows he's a former Defensive Player of the Year and such a great player on offense. I think Paul George is starting to remind people how good he is on defense and how – important he is to this thunders uh, to this thunder team really showing their identity in terms of getting turnovers getting on the fast break and playing fast but at the same time playing smart because paul i know he didn't really finish with a lot of assists what was it five four or five five assists five assists but like i said in that third quarter when the game was pretty like pretty much won by the by the um thunder I mean, Paul was just distributing so beautifully. He found Jeremy Grant on the baseline for a really good uh, good look and a good dunk. Found Stephen Adams on that behind-the-back pass that I talked about. Um, just sensational basketball played by Paul George so um, in the last few games. Yeah, and something that I kind of want to point out, and you can agree or disagree with me on this, totally fine, but... I'll probably agree. <laughs> okay, so I have been noticing that the Thunder, they get a little hot. They go on like a real good run there for a second, and then they start chunking up shots that really shouldn't be taken. And I noticed that actually a lot from the Knicks side tonight. The Knicks were taking a lot of shots that, you know, they had chances in the paint. And there were a lot of times Ennis Canner, and we're going to actually talk about Ennis Canner here in a minute, but there were a lot of times that Ennis had the ball in the paint, and he had some pretty good opportunities right under the rim, but he would chunk it out to someone from downtown, and they would just heave it. 
And I think that was a lot of wasted possessions on the Knicks parts, but or on the Knicks part. But uh, something that kind of comes to mind is when Raymond Felton took like a half court shot when he did not need to. And oh yeah, it was. I mean, it was somewhat late in the shot clock. I yeah, think, I think but, he had about five seconds when he got it about 40 feet from the basket. I really think he, he could have, have found someone he, else. He could have at least dribbled about five, six feet closer to the three-point line and gave himself a better opportunity. He but was legit I, at the half did, court. Didn't that end up as a, a layup for Patrick Patterson anyway? Patrick was Yeah, Patrick yeah. saved it because <laughs> it, it, it just like barely tipped the rim and just fell straight down because it was short and then Patrick Patterson was able to lay it back up and save the day. But It's, it's kind of funny. Jerry Ramsey uh, was sitting right next to me up in the press box and right after about a minute after that shot Jerry looks at me and says how many shots has Felton put up in the last you know since he's been in which was at the time about five or six minutes and he was like five shots and I was like actually I think I think four and then we both looked at the uh, box score and he only put up three shots which I was like oh only three it seems like he put up four or five <laughs> yeah. and I was like oh they must have counted that 40 foot three-point shot that just grazed <laughs> the rim and that Patrick Patterson caught Patrick. and la- laid it in they must have counted that as a dime yeah uh, that just... <laughs> need, to, need to watch the replay see if Raymond like looked at the scores tables like that's a dime that's a dime I, I looked back out at Raymond after he made that and Patrick put it in he was just kind of like okay yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I feel like he's thinking yeah it probably Speak, wasn't my best call <laughs> speaking of Patrick Patterson got his third dunk of his Thunder career yes man I think I we I think we said that. it was coming. It was, yeah, it's coming. And, and it came, it's I'm, here. I mean, the way this team is playing, like, it, that was kind of, you know, none of, I don't think, I don't think I knew that Patrick Patterson up until, you know, what, two or three weeks ago, I didn't know he was dunkless in his one year with the Thunder. <laughs> I didn't know that either. But if I would have known that and seeing this team play and how they want to play, I think it would have been easy to predict that he's going to have a few because they get so many opportunities in the fast break because they force turnovers that trailers like like Patrick Patterson, if you get a steal you know, early in the shot clock and Patterson is still coming up the floor and he's around midcourt, he's going to get the ball, you know, like mm-hmm. in the outlet pass and he's going to be wide open and he could probably finish with a dunk. But... Um, you know, you know, another thing on Patterson, he has been hitting a few shots under the rim in mm-hmm. the paint, which is something he is re- like as much as he struggled with just overall like shooting from the three point line. However, in the last month, he's been really improving his three point um, shooting percentages. Mm-hmm. Um, he's struggled mightily under the rim, and that was kind of a big theme last year with him. Um, so that's that's been kind of good to see. And it's really played into the Thunder's bench just stepping up game in and game out. Yeah, and the Thunder were able to force 18 turnovers tonight on the Knicks. And let's just talk about the Knicks for a second. What? They're not very good. Nothing was going right for them. And it was almost like a face palm moment. Or a, did I say that right? A palm to the face. Face palm, yeah. You're just kind of like, what? This isn't going well. And Well, Kevin Kevin Knox is pr- pretty fun. He's, go- he's going to be Kevin a good score. Kevin was fun to watch. He's going to be a good score. He's got, he's got a good flow offensively mm-hmm. to his game. He... he a little erratic at times. I think the first play for the Knicks was uh, the Thunder missed their first shot. Um, Knox gets the rebound, but kind of dribbles it off of his foot or something and then falls to the ground, and then it just slowly rolls away from his fingertips <laughs> out of bounds. And that kind of just, you know, helps set the tone for it wasn't... That kind of sums up. <laughs> it wasn't going to be a good night for the Knicks. Um, no. But uh, Ennis Cantor got a, you know, no pun intended, got some uh, thunderous um, introduction from the um, Oklahoma City crowd. got a standing ovation. Standing ovation. Um, I certainly understand it. I yes, uh, absolutely. I think it's. I think at this point, it's a. It's getting into the weird territory. Not yeah. ne- not necessarily that Thunder fans like Ennis Cantor or that Ennis Cantor still, 
you know, he doesn't. He obviously loves playing for the New York Knicks. He he seriously loves it. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he certainly appreciates his time with Russell, with Steven, with Andre, with the organization. Um, but I I think it's a little odd how and you know this kind of happens with Buddy Heald uh, when when the Kings come to town, and it hasn't really reared its ugly head for the Thunder in the past year in this this um against the uh in the first game a few weeks ago mm-hmm. or last season but in buddy's rookie year um those games where he'd come to Oklahoma City he would get loud applause even even on shots that he would make and i remember there was one game i, I think it was when he was still with the Pel- actually i think it was his first game with the kings in Oklahoma City where he kept getting applause and the thunder were up like 25 you know it was <laughs> it was a big game but then buddy Hield went on like a 90 run by himself and then all of a sudden the kings were down like 10 mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter be- mainly due to buddy Hield. and you know he's getting <laughs> applause and it was just so weird because that is it was weird. it was it was like i remember the thunder called timeout and i know this is kind of an off the topic uh, mm. tangent but um, I remember the Thunder called timeout, and Russell Westbrook looked so pissed. And I was like, I understand. Like that he's playing in front sense. of his home fans, and they're cheering on Buddy Heald, which, every, of course, you know he's an OU product, um, hometown kid. But he, he's he's directly bringing the team back, and mm-hmm. you know forcing the Thunder have to pl- play worth a damn in the fourth quarter. So a little right. odd that kind of happened in the, in the beginning of the game. Cantor had some easy buckets around Stephen Adams, and he certainly can do that, but. Canner's lack of defense kind of caught up to him tonight, and yeah. Steven definitely let him know about it. It was kind of funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was reading a couple of the tweets about that, and uh, apparently Steven went up to Nick's head coach and was like, take him out. Like, he can't play defense. Take him out. Sub him out. Yeah, which you would think he would just say, you know, keep him in. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep him in. So basically that means keep him in. And actually Steven said that in the locker room. Brady, I don't know if you heard that. When Steven came up, uh, of course, questions were asked about Ennis to Steven, and that's definitely going to happen. But um, Steven said, like, he's a hell of a player. Like, he completely gave his friend all the, like, praise that he could. He said, yeah, Ennis is a hell of a player. And I was saying that because he was, you know, he was playing well. And, like, we when he's in, he causes some problems for us. And, you know, we want him out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the diplomatic answer to say. And then of course, you know they are friends. They met in a, in the tunnel after um, the game. Um, you know, exchanged pleasantries and took pictures together. So, so there's, sweet. you know, they certainly do still love each other. But um, <laughs> it's it's funny. You know, the Rockets were in town last week. You know, apparently Carmelo Anthony's last game is a Houston Rocket, Ooh. and um, Billy was asked about it. You know, after that game. Um, you know, with, you know, having the experience that you had with Carmelo last year and him kind of being a defensive liability that teams attacked you. Yeah. Um, when he was on the floor, did you in turn kind of use that? Because we all know he did because that's when Paul George got hot was when Melo came on the floor. Mm-hmm. He put Paul back out there and every time they got the, the two of them got um, matched up together, Paul would score. Mm-hmm. And Billy, of course, doesn't want to throw, you know, Carmelo Anthony under the bus, and he kind of skirted around the, the question. Um, kind of the same thing happened tonight with Ennis Cantor. As soon as Cantor was on the floor after he got his first initial initial buckets, they just kept feeding Adams because they knew there was, like, no paint defense. And then, it, like, Grant was getting into the paint. Paul George was getting into the paint. and Dennis? I, yeah, and I think – I, I can't remember who it was, Brett Dawson from The Athletic or uh, maybe even Eric Horn um, tweeted because they're sitting right next to the mm-hmm. Thunder bench. And – <laughs> After Adams got an easy bucket on Canner, 
apparently Billy Donovan gets up and yells, do that again. <laughs> like, keep, like, keep doing it. So, yeah, the Thunder have had their, uh, you know, their fortune in terms of playing guys like Mello and Cantor, guys that they have experience with mm-hmm. that aren't, let's just say, going to be defensive player the, players of the year anytime soon. No, no. And uh, that I just, I really like watching Steven and Ennis play against each other because... Uh, not only Stephen was saying this, but a lot of the guys were saying, yeah, those two were talking to each other a lot out there. Lots of things were said. And, you know, it's kind of funny what you were saying earlier about how Ennis comes in the game, thunderous applause, lots of people on their feet cheering for him. I don't even think it was a minute later. Um, Stephen and Ennis kind of tripped over each other, both fell on the floor. It was called, <laughs> it was called for an offensive foul on Stephen Adams, and that place booed like crazy. And it was just kind of like a, yeah, uh, it was kind of it was okay. kind of an awkward, it was, like, um, it was kind of an awkward exchange in terms of like the the players on the floor and the crowd because that was just a few minutes after Canner came onto the floor and was yeah. cheered, you know, very loudly. It was just, weird. and then it, that's kind of when Thunder fans realized, oh yeah, like Canner is not Canner doesn't play for he us. Does, he is is not the guy that we should be cheering for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, just, you know, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I just I just think it's starting to get into the weird territory, which is kind of how I felt after the first three, two or three games when Kevin Durant came to town back with the Warriors. When, when the booing, like the booing, of course, died down, but I was about to kind of say the same thing. Like if, if this yeah. kind of if this kind of anger towards him continues like publicly in a game, it's like, especially when you have players like Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony to cheer on, uh, it gets in a little bit into the weird territory. Yeah. That does get a little bit weird, but it is what it is. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, Brady, actually. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) So I have been thinking about this recently, just watching Jeremy Grant develop as a great player. I actually really wanted to ask Paul George this and shoot around this morning, never really got around to it. So we're going to table that for now. But just thinking about when Andre comes back, what do you think is going to happen with that starting rotation? And where do you see Jeremy falling? And is that more of like a Jeremy goes to the bench, Terrence goes to the bench? What's going to go on there? Yeah, I think actually my boy Alex Golden cover, um, does a wonderful job covering the Pacers. Um, I believe he um, asked this question. Oh, kind really? Of, kind okay. of the same thing. Uh, well, I mean, of course, Jeremy's, you know, he's playing the four spot, you mm-hmm. know, so Andre's going to slide in at the two the two spot and replace Terrence Ferguson. I think the big question is going to be um, who falls out of the rotation? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, up until about a week and a half or two ago, I think there was a strong opinion amongst you know people that cover the Thunder um, that it would have been Terrence Ferguson because you know, Hamadou Diallo with the second unit he gives them such a spark and there have been times where the Thunder have gone into second quarters or into um, the second half you know you know down like in a seven seven zero run or just playing some bad basketball then Hamadou Diallo goes out on the floor gets a steal or gets on the fast break and gets a dunk you know two um, two easy points mm-hmm. and the team is just suddenly back into it and you you can't really put a value on guys that are you know it's a cliche but but that are spark plugs so mm-hmm. I think that Hamadou really fits in with the second unit and so because of the way Terrence was playing up until about a, a week or two ago I would have thought, okay, Terrence might be the guy that, um, if Alex Breeders keeps playing at the level that he's playing, Terrence might be the guy that might have a few DMPs, you know, coach's decision mm-hmm. sprinkled here and there. But because of the way Terrence Ferguson is playing, it really gives Billy Donovan a um, a good problem to have. He, he that has, is a good problem yeah, he to has, have. He has three very, um, spe- three very unique um, players to choose from. 
because Robertson is, of course, going to start. Now, Robertson is not going to play high 20s, low 30s um, minutes in, ter- in a game. That's yeah. just, he's going to play his usual 24 to 26 minutes a game. And I mean, who knows if he can even do that for the first, you know, he, few weeks. He'll that probably he, be on minutes restriction yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's you know, to sit here and just say like, oh, he'll be back in December or January and be the same player that he was before the injury. You know, that's a little silly at this point. But let's just assume that he does come back relatively healthy, relatively quickly whenever he does come back. It's just going to give Billy a good problem to have because um, Alex Brienus, of course, is the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. You need him out there to space the floor. Tonight, you know, the kind of uh, interesting little observation. Um, before Alex Brienus, he played seven minutes, then left the game and never returned uh, due to an illness, apparently. Um, but he was on the floor with Terrence Ferguson at the same time. Now, the Knicks were playing small, and they didn't have a lot of good perimeter defense on the floor <laughs> let's just say mm-hmm. um but it was kind of a little interesting wrinkle that billy threw out there having terrence and um abrinus on the floor at the same time but um you've got abrinus who's the sharpshooter you've got terrence ferguson who's really st- um his defense and his offense have continued to progress throughout the year and we all know what hamadou diallo brings i think ultimately diallo is probably going to be the guy that has a few dmps here and there once andre comes back and I know a lot of fans are going to be a little upset about that, but it is, you know, it. Billy now knows that, you know, if let's say he goes into a game where he doesn't plan on playing, you know, mm-hmm. Ham, like, you know, if no one gets injured. I don't really plan on playing Hamadou Diallo mm-hmm. tonight. But if the Thunder go go out there and just, you know, crap crap their pants and <laughs> are down fifteen or twenty going into a quarter, he can just throw out Hamadou Diallo out there with the, you know, the confidence that hey, maybe he can get something started. Yeah. So. I don't think there's going to be a lot of games where any of these guys are out for four or five, six games in a row. But I, I think you're going to see it relatively sprinkled according to how they perform in practice mm-hmm. and how they perform in games. Because even though Terrence has played at a high level, you know, the last few weeks, he is still shown, you know, to be inconsistent. I mean, that Dallas game, he was he was awful from um, offensively from the field. I didn't really mm-hmm. get a chance to see the first half. Um, so I don't really know how he played defensively, but he didn't really have that much of a, a matchup, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, but you know, it is what it is. Um, it is, good, it is. it's a good problem to have. Yeah. And that was actually a question that, like you said, Alex Golden asked us. So sorry, Alex, I didn't see your question before thank, I just fired you, that Alex. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks Alex for listening, but let's actually go ahead and get to the rest of the questions just so we can use our time a little wisely here. Uh, let's start with, is this a Sifu edition? Sifu edition. It's something. We're just going to go Sifu. That is at Sifu edition on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, Sifu. He asked, if you had to put odds on it, what are the chances Adams makes All-Star? I mean, I I don't want to seem rude, but I mean, zero. (laughs) Now, if he was ever going to make it, it would be this year, a year where DeMarcus Cousins Mm -hmm. is not going to play, but you're going to... You know, Anthony Davis is is certainly going to get the nod. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, while it, while he's playing for Dallas, and um, you know, there's that report out there that there are Mavericks players that don't necessarily like him. You know, whether that's yeah. true or not, and he actually addressed that tonight. Um, basically, kind of shot it down. Um, but there there are basically just there are bigger names, there are more popular names, and you know, a lot of people understand how the All Star Game works. It, you know, it essentially becomes a popularity contest more times than not. 
Um, but I think a more fair question is, is Steven Adams an all-star caliber center? You know, mm-hmm. it, does he play like kind of like what a lot of people thought about Serge Ibaka in his last few years with the Thunder? Mm-hmm. He wasn't he wasn't ever going to be an all star because of those same reasons. But there were times where he played at an all star level and it kind of tailed off towards the end of his career with the Thunder. But he certainly gave people the, the idea that, wow, the Thunder have three all stars on this team with Russell, Kevin and Serge Ibaka at times. Mm-hmm. I think Steven is going to play at an all star caliber um, level more times than not. And. You know, his patience on the offensive end of the floor, his passing, he had five assists tonight. You know, he is another offensive weapon, which is mm-hmm. amazing considering where he was three, four years ago when he entered, um, when he entered the league. Um, he gives the Thunder another, just another weapon to use on offense. And everybody knows how talented he is defensively and how much he does for the Thunder defensively. So he's incredibly important. And I, it's kind of the thought from last year when Melo started to kind of wind down in terms of his performance and Steven Adams started to increase his performance and a lot of people said, oh, well, the big three is Russell, Paul, and Steven. Ha, mm-hmm. ha, ha. Well, it's no longer kind of funny. It's it's pretty true. Yeah, it's pretty true. It's, it's pretty true <laughs> at, at this point. I mean, um, just sensational basketball by Steven Adams and even in some of the, even in the nights where he doesn't have a lot of opportunities offensively and he'll finish with eight or nine points, the guy will have six or seven offensive mm-hmm. rebounds. He'll... Um, He'll detract a lot of open shots because he just gets back into gets back into position and alters shots. Um, he's a great on the ball defender, really smart mm-hmm. defensive IQ. So he does so much for this team. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, he will probably not be in the All Star game, but he will. He's certainly respected as as an pretty much. I would probably say our amongst players around the league, especially like guys like LeBron James. Every time LeBron gets asked about Steven Adams, he his eyes open up and just he just kind of glows he makes about that. Yeah, he just glows about how um talented and special mm-hmm. of a player he is. You know, Steven has the the respect of an all-star, let's just say around the league. Yeah, deservingly that's, so. That's actually the perfect way to put that because I agree with you. I think he's going to give these other guys a run for their money for sure, but I mean like you were saying if he doesn't have a great offensive night, he'll put up fifteen or he'll pick up fifteen rebounds, and so it kind of just depends on what kind of night he's having. And yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say the this: the league respects him. If he gets the Nurkic monkey off of his back, because <laughs> as soon as the, the Trailblazers got um, Nurkic a few years ago, I mean, the Thunder are like what two and twelve against the Trailblazers in the last fourteen games or something, and Nurkic is a matchup problem for Stephen Adams for whatever reason. Um, but if he gets that monkey off of his back this year, I'll be like, okay, there's a, there's another level that he's increased his game. Yeah, the season's still young, you know. It is still young. Still young. Let's go ahead and piggyback off that. Um, Nick Nom Nom Buckle Hat <laughs> at Dirty Bob Magoo. I love some of these names. Thank you guys so much for listening and sending us in some questions. He asked, and, well, he asked two questions. Let's just go ahead and go with number two right now. Is Diallo the best Presti draft acquisition since Stevo? Well, I think he's probably the most exciting, yeah. but I mean the I mean Presti did draft Terrence Ferguson last year who's mm-hmm. a starter. Now, I think some Thunder fans might counter with, well, if for in some alternate universe where Terrence Ferguson is drafted this past June and Hamadou was drafted last year, then Hamadou would start. So that's not a good well, that's why, you know, Hamadou is not as good as Terrence, but I think Terrence has shown the ability to be a more complete basketball player. Mm-hmm. He's definitely more fundamentally sound, but that's not a knock on Hamadou. He's still a rookie. He's incredibly raw, but man, the sky's the limit for that kid. Oh, I, mean, I agree. That, that up and under layup where he just threw the ball like straight up in the air and it just skidded off the um, 
off the uh, the uh, backboard and it fell in. I I, I I don't like I said I don't really cheer in the uh, I don't really cheer in the press box. But even I was like, oh my god, yeah. how did he hit that? You know, <laughs> like that was the most trash attempt. But he just made it look so simple. And and then he goes right back on the next possession, um, does the same baseline move, gets to the rim and. <laughs> gets to the rim and misses his initial layup but then tips in his own his own miss so the guy <laughs> the guy is special yeah every time he's on the floor he does he makes things happen positively now tonight he's going and it just popped up on my phone um hashtag sc not top 10 uh when hamadou got that breakaway um um got the ball in the breakaway on, on the fast break tried to pull off the windmill dunk and it just Didn't slipped out well. of his hands mm-hmm. and yeah didn't go well. I, I I should have. I wanted to ask Billy in the post game, like, what do you do to a player like that when that type of play happens? Because I think we all know what happens when you're in college. You get destroyed <laughs> by your coach. You get publicly shamed. You get benched, <laughs> and you probably don't return to the game, depending on you know what the game what the game is like. But NBA is a little different. You can't really get away with doing that to a professional adult. So um, even though he's still a rookie, um, yeah, not a good look. But not hey, look. It, it, it's going to happen. It does happen. And both Stephen and Paul post game were just, they just kind of laughed when asked about it, and they said, "Yeah, we're we're going to talk to him about it." <laughs> but going on with another question from Nick Nom Nom Nom, he said, "The Thunder have won nine of the last ten. Is this for real or just a stretch that the Thunder are going to come back down from?" Well, in in this nine of ten, you know, went nine wins out of the last ten, the Thunder have played. A handful of losing teams. Mm-hmm. Um, one team in the Houston Rockets, who currently are one game below 500, but I, I think it's—I don't think it's outrageous to say that I'm sure that's that trend will not continue. The Rockets will not be a 500 team, you know, barring injury. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to blame Carmelo Anthony for their problems, but their problems go much deeper than that. Much, much deeper. Yeah. Um, I think the reason why Melo is getting scapegoated is because he's a vet minimum guy, and if he was a vet minimum guy but not named Carmelo Anthony um, and still performed the same way that Melo has performed thus far, um, that player being cut or traded would not garner any news on Twitter, mm-hmm. on ESPN, or what have you. Um, but it's Melo, so of course we're talking about it, but that is, of course, not Houston's fault. But um, other than that, other than Houston, the handful of losing teams like Phoenix, um, Cleveland, uh, the Wizards, I believe Charlotte and who else? Charlotte and New Orleans mm-hmm. are at 500 right now. So, like I said at the beginning of the show, the Thunder have a very soft schedule, and when you're out Russell Westbrook and you're out Andre Robertson for an extended period of time, you need to gobble up wins. Mm-hmm. And compared to last year, you need to gobble up. You need to show that you can beat these bad teams and build level and habits of consistency that you can rely on when the competition gets a little bit stiffer and your shots aren't following falling as frequently because you're playing better defense. But you can always rely on A, B, C, and D. And the Thunder are certainly doing that. So. Um, I, I never scoff at winning streaks that involve, you know, a bunch of bad teams because there's really no such thing as a bad team in the NBA. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know people are going to laugh at that because, yes, there are bad teams relative to other teams in the NBA. But, you know, th- this league is filled with talent. Bad mm-hmm. teams have, you know, generational lottery picks. I mean, the Phoenix Suns have Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Sacramento has a plethora of young talent. So, you know, you'd rather beat them because if you lose to them – it's just all your fan base, all all your coaching staff is going to talk about for the next few days. So the Thunder are, to, are taking care of business. They're mm-hmm. doing their job. 
But to the second point of the question, it will catch up to them because, like I said, the schedule is going to get tougher. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's going to catch up to them in terms of their win-loss column. Right. I think the Thunder are are a very good team, and they're playing very good basketball. Right, yeah. No, I completely agree. And I love this last question. Why does Steven bully Ennis? I thought they were friends coming from Zoe. That's the epitome of their friendship right there. I think they just trash talk each other. Yeah, it was fu- it was funny. Um as soon as Ennis like checked into the game, he uh <laughs> he kind of like went up against Steven, kind of leaned on him and then Steven like hit his hand away and then Ennis kind of laughed and looked at the official and said, "Hey, like did you see that?" <laughs> and um there was in a- there was another play like in the second or the third quarter where um Steven scored a basket on Ennis. And they're running back down the floor, and right around midcourt, Stephen just kind of elbows him in the back, and then Ennis kind of like, ah, then turns around, like turns his head. I mean, that's Stephen does that to everybody. Yeah, but um, he is he is of course going to. I mean, anytime, anytime I've played basketball um, when I was younger, and I'd play against my friends, I, I'd always jab against them, or I'd always talk trash to them. You know, when we get really close together under the rim, you know, it just yeah, it's just fun. It's, it's just, just fun. It's good time like out I, there. Like I said, you know, I'm sure everyone's seen it on Twitter. They met at. Met in the tunnel after the game and took pictures, and you know, Stephen had nothing but great things to say about him oh, in the yeah. locker room. So all is well. All is in well. Stash Love Land. More. It's great stuff. But yeah, I think that's we've gone pretty long, so I guess we should go ahead and wrap that up. Uh, thank you everyone for sending in your questions for us tonight. Brady and I really enjoy reading those and answering them on our podcast because it is very fun to engage with our fellow listeners. So mm. thanks. Yay! Yay! <laughs> All right. Well, the Thunder do win this one, 128 to 103 over the New York Knicks. They're going on a three-game road stretch, making stops in Phoenix first on Saturday night, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night, Saturday night, yes. Oh, yes. Going to Sacramento on Monday night to face the Kings. And then the day before Thanksgiving on Wednesday, they will be in Golden State territory to take on that team. With no Steph Curry. With no Steph Curry, and we'll see if uh, any of that drama is resolved down there. Who yeah, knows? May- yeah. <laughs> we'll see. That is uh, that's that's steamy <laughs> down there. Hey. Stay out of Oakland. <laughs> hey, you know, um, Draymond Draymond Green, you know, great player, um, was able to put together, you know, be a pivotal part in putting together probably the best team ever assembled. Yeah, you know, by no, seducing agree. Kevin Durant, you know, Legit for lack of a better term. But it's a you know, term. Draymond Green played the game. He played the game in order to get Kevin Durant to come to Golden State, but now it seems like he and other Warrior players are afraid that the game is about to play them back in terms yeah. of Kevin walking and who knows what ripple effects that that will cause, you know. But God, who knows? I mean, it's still the step. It's still the Splash Brothers show if Kevin walks. So that's yeah. a pretty good fallback plan, I'd say. They won a title. They won seventy three games without him. So hey, that's true. That is true. But the Thunder will be back home in Chesapeake Energy Arena uh, next Friday. What is that? The twenty third. Yep. So, yeah, there's a yeah, there's another game that night, so I'm sure I'll be very uh, you know uh, lo- looking at two sc- looking at the game and looking at my uh, computer screen. So. That is true. That is true. <laughs> but all right, guys, we we are gonna wrap it up here. So stick with us, and you'll be hearing more OKC82 podcasts, more of our awesome opinions. I think we have some good ones. Yeah, be sure to drink lots of water. It's it's uh, flu season, everybody. It's Cold flu season. season. Stay stay hydrated. Take that from Brady, who is still recovering. But yeah, all right, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Well, we'll talk to you next time. We'll talk to you next time. We might see you too. We might see you. If you see us, say hi. Y'all stay sexy.